Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Golf Talk Washington. I remain your ever humble caddy, Josh Kearns. And I want you to know, while usually facetious, I actually was a looper this week. I caddied in the second round of the Washington Open for my friend Brian Tupper, who's the head golf professional at Tam O'Shanter Golf and Country Club in Bellevue. And uh, I'll just simply say that uh, other than the fact that I kept putting the clubs in the wrong place in the bag and he kept getting pissed off about that, he he shot like 10 strokes better than he did the day before without me. So I will merely say that, you know, perhaps there is a future for me as a looper out there. But that is not why you have tuned in. Uh, this week, I, I, I got a really interesting conversation. It is, of course, PGA Championship Week, um, the first major of the golf season, even if it is August. And we've got a lot of local connections. There are a bunch of guys who who are either from here or played up here. C.T. Pan from UW, Joel Damon from the uh, UW, Andrew Putnam, who grew up in uh, University Place, went on to, you know, Pepperdine, of course, great, you know, local player. Um, but my friend who's been on the show a bunch, and he's also my doctor, Dr. Harry Sesse, you know him as the golfing doc. He works with a number of tour pros, uh, as well as schlubs like me, um, keeping our backs and the rest of our bodies functioning, if not optimal. And uh, one, you know, one of his guys, John Rahm, was number one for a week, a couple weeks ago after winning the Memorial. Huge win for John Rahm and also for Team Golf Letica. And I just thought it'd be really cool. I've been talking to Harry, but, uh, you know, I thought it'd be cool for you guys to hear, you know, a little bit about what it's like actually on the PGA Tour these days in the bubble and at a major. And so I dialed Doc up. He um, was kind enough to take a little time while John and and his other players this week, Adam Hadwin and Wyndham Clark, were um, they had already teed off. And so he then waits until they come back. And then there's a bunch of post-round treatment, uh, stretching, things like that uh, that he does. So I thought it'd be great for you guys to hear about Harding Park, about the players, about what Doc does with them, but also... I promise there's a bunch of advice. Here's the what's in it for you. Some really great advice on how to get the most out of your own golf game, how to feel your best, reduce injury, and hopefully play better uh, for the rest of the season, if not the rest of your life. So here's part of my conversation with the golfing doc, Harry Sessi. So, Doc, what's it like out there? You've been out there since the restart, and you've hit all these big events all over the country. Uh, And I see you. We're talking on Zoom, and you're in this big cavernous uh, what was going to be the media tent has become the locker room it looks like you're almost in a barracks in the military everybody's got their little stations six feet apart i take it nothing is the way it used to be out there oh nothing is the same i mean not to be mean or anything but i wish it was covid every week because (laughs) the way they treat you now it's great you got a lot of space they they're more accommodating for you because the players have, uh, you know, they've said their voice and said, hey, this is our staff. We need them here with us. So it's been good. And yes, unfortunately, your media tent is now maybe an eighth the size of this room because there's really no media. You have well, that's a couple what... guys and that's it. Yeah, I saw that. You know, normally you'd have what, like 5,000 reporters, camera people and everything from around the world. And this week they have what, like 50 or something? Yeah, I ran into a guy who's been doing Spanish media, and I haven't seen him since players. 
I was like, hey, what are you doing here? You know, he was finally let, let uh, onto the course to do something this week. So what is life like inside the bubble with no fans, everybody doing the social distancing thing? I see you've got the mask hanging from your neck. Andrew Putnam just came by in the background and waved, and uh, he had his, his gator on. Um, what's the vibe in general? Does it even feel like a major, quote-unquote? Uh, I would say it does feel like a major in the sense that you've got the big tents such as ours and... You know, there's maybe a little more pressure with the bigger names and the top players from around the world. However, it almost feels just like any other event every week over the past two months now. It's nice and quiet. There's no, there are no fans running up to the players asking for autographs or anything like that. And there's no traffic. <laughs> there's no extra people to deal with. It's just the course essential staff, the players, the caddies, and that's it. Oh, hey, by the way, you were number one for a week. Congratulations. Numero uno, my friend. Num- one week at the top. <laughs> Let's see if we can get that back. Now, this week, I've got John with me, Adam Hadwin, and Wyndham Clark. So what do the guys say? Um, you know, what's the feedback been like playing out there without fans especially? Um, you know, is is it totally foreign, strange, not as exciting? You know, I think about a guy like John Rahm, who played it. You know, he played high level, the highest level college golf in the, in the Pac-12 at Arizona State. But when you do this college stream, it's just like ten people out there, so not that much difference. Uh, do you feel like some of the guys can't get pumped up, maybe play their best because they don't have people cheering them, or does that even make a difference? You know, it's not. It's really not much of a difference. The ones who feed off of the uh, the hype and the excitement, yeah, they miss it. Uh, if anything, one of them was saying, you know, I wish we could at least play some music out on the course. <laughs> and that way it's not so quiet, especially if you're with a player who's not very chatty or you just don't want to talk to him. It's, uh, you look for some sort of background noise. But, you know what, overall, it is, it is peaceful out here and you can sometimes – you have to look around going, is there a tournament going on? Am I at the right place at the right time? <laughs> and I do joke with my guys and I ask them, hey, uh, I'll come up to the first tee and clap for you if you want. And what do you want me to yell out since it's so quiet? Yeah, you know, I... John just teed off and he's paired with Phil Nicholson and Sergio Garcia today. And, and they announced Phil, no one clapped. Uh, they announced John, one person clapped. And they announced Sergio, and it's like crickets. You know, <laughs> nobody's making a noise. You know, and I'm, I'm not clapping because I don't want to, you know, show a little favoritism to my guy. But at the same time, it is pretty quiet. It's funny, you know, I'm just thinking about, like, I remember in Little League when my mom would cheer for me, go, Joshy! And you'd be, I'd be so embarrassed. It was almost like, please, I'd rather nobody even notice me a cheer for me. Is it a little like that? Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and... If you were the one to clap, everyone would actually look at you because you're the only one making noise. Well, I was watching for you on ESPN+. Plus. It's funny because you can actually look for individual people uh, on the tee box. There's like six guys standing. And I notice it's all guys, by the way. It's like only guys work on the PGA Tour. But anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. But I was looking for you because there are only like six guys standing on the tee box, like on number one behind the guys, which is just kind of strange in, in general. Yeah, I mean, I thought there would be – more people than a Champions Tour event, but there's even less than a Champions Tour event. <laughs> you, know, you can count how many people are out there following because really, unless you're inside the bubble and you're credentialed, uh, you can't 
go anywhere. So tell me about the golf course, about Harding Park. Uh, it was interesting. I didn't realize that this is, PGA Championship is the first PGA Championship to be played on the West Coast since Sahali back in 98. You were what, four years old or something like that in 98? Oh, and and I hear it's cold. I hear that, that us Seattleites would be right at home. Yeah, this week so far, it's been about mid-50s. Maybe it hit 59 one day. Today is actually the best day. This morning was a little cool, and this afternoon now for the first round, it's sunny, but of course it's a little windy. And just because of the location of where we're at, the hotter it is inland, the more it starts to pull in the marine layer. And that's where you're just hoping for everything to kind of stay neutral, but... Uh, we'll see. There was supposed to be some drizzle later on the weekend, potentially. So here in Seattle, we did have rain today as well. It's in the 60s, and all of a sudden it got a lot colder. Like, I can feel it in my bones. And I immediately think of golf, you know, and, and, and how I just don't feel as good when it's colder, you know, as far as playing goes. And this is where I want to bring in your expertise for everybody out there listening. I think of our backs and my body, and, you know, uh, is it just psychosomatic or does my body function less optimally when it's colder? Is there actually physiological things that are different when it's 60 degrees versus 80 degrees? That is an interesting question. I personally think it's a little bit of 50-50. You know, if it's cold outside or even you get up in the morning and the house is cold, you feel a little stiff in the joints and a little achy and you feel like you need to get the circulation going. You know, same thing happens in joints. If you think of all the, the synovial fluid and the lubrication amongst and throughout the joints there, if things are cold, you got to look at those fluids as moving a little slower and a little sluggish. Now, that's why you may feel a little stiffer. And once you get it moving a little bit better, a little more blood flow, a little more circulation, things start to loosen up. So when you are playing golf in, in Washington or wherever it may be and it's a little bit cold, you are trying to actively do a little bit of a warm-up before you play and then also bundle yourself up, wear some layers. Here it's been cold earlier in this week, and uh, one of my guys started yesterday. He was starting to wear you know, a couple layers underneath, uh, thermal layers to actually stay warm out there. Although it's cloudy, you got to factor in the wind, and even if it is 55 degrees, it feels even colder than that. So multiple layers are needed and you just start peeling one off as you get warmer and warmer. All right. So one of the things I, I want to ask you about uh, for people who haven't heard you on the show before, this is something we talk about a lot. And it's also, I've seen you put in practice uh, both with your players as well as yourself when we play is the notion of properly warming up. And it's still amazing me how many people don't do that. I'm playing Sahali this weekend with some friends uh, that I'm really looking forward to. But one of my friends is like, yeah, I'll be there about 20 minutes before tea time. And I'm thinking, how in the world do you do that? And, you know, y- your body just can't function as well if you don't do a proper warm. And I'm not talking about swinging driver as fast as you can three times. Boom, I'm ready to go. Um, you, your workout or, or your warm up routine involves cardio, a little actual like weightlifting and stretching. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to stick my, you know, do a hamstring stretch real quick and I'm done. It's a lot more like that. It is. It is basically doing a little mini workout before you play or even practice because if your muscles aren't warmed up, loosened up, same with the joints, then you have a greater risk of hurting yourself. You know, as a golfer, if you hurt yourself, you might be out of the game now for 
you know, one week, two weeks, couple months, maybe miss out the whole summer season back home. So it's important to, uh, it's very important to warm up and get the muscles ready to go, get the entire body ready to go. You know, you may have heard of players like Tiger saying, oh, I couldn't activate my glutes and things like that. He's talking about, you know, doing a proper warm up and getting these muscles ready to fire. Number one, prevent injury. Number two, so that your body can do what it needs to do. And that's not just for golf. If you were a gymnast, for example, right? You were a gymnast, weren't you? Or yeah, a basketball yes. player or something like that. <laughs> you know, you're going to stretch first or something. Uh, the typical one you see with golfers is grabbing a couple of golf clubs on the range and grab them and swing them or twist your body and hips with it. But no, that's just one aspect of the body itself. You got to work everything from head to toe. And that's why you see some players on tour here, or they will tell you that, hey, I do have to change clothes because I did do a workout before I played. And that's one thing we try and teach everyone back home whether you're a pro or amateur, junior, college player, it doesn't matter. Take care of yourself first. And I got to tell people out there who, you know, in the past, I've always tried to steer them to Golf Letica, uh, sports and rehab over in Bellevue, your clinic. And they're always like, well, I'd love to go see them, but I can't get over to Bellevue. Wah, 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 Bellevue is too far. First of all, folks, there's no traffic anymore. But second of all, well, now you guys have moved everything online. You can do everything from full, you know, evaluations for motion, things like that. But also, Sean, your wife, Sean Farmer Sessi, who's the director of fitness and training at Golfletica, she's moved, got all sorts of classes, individual group classes, and all of that. So there are plenty of opportunity to engage and just go to golfletica.com for more info uh, as far as that goes. There isn't, no, there's really no excuse now as far as, oh, I'm too busy or you're too far, et cetera. Uh, since the whole COVID situation, that aspect of the business has actually been steady and if not even busier because number one, people have more time to do it. And number two is that we're more accessible since it is online. You know, we can simply go on a quick Zoom call just to go through some questions and initial assessments. And then from there, uh, we can still safely take a golfer or any other athlete through a program and start working towards their goals. So it's really, uh, it's really no excuse, honestly. <laughs> yeah, golfletica.com. Go to the website, sign up. So, okay, I got to ask the the question. This is this is me now talking. I'm going to tell on myself. It's like. All of a sudden, it's August, and it's like, well, man, I meant to do a lot more golf fitness and all of this stuff, but now it's already August, so I might as well just wait until the fall and then the winter and then next year, blah, blah, blah. Is, is it ever too late to get fit or start working on our fitness goals? I mean, this is stupid. I know the answer to this question, but anyway, is it too late to, to make my body better for golf now? Oh, no, it's not. It's never too late. Uh, if that is the mentality, well, then think of it as, hey, if I'm done playing and it's September, October is rolling around, the weather's bad, that's your preseason. Time to get going and get ready for the springtime. If you look at the PGA Tour and you look at how much time there is between one season to the next, it's about a day. I was going to say three days. <laughs> you know? yeah. Exactly. Tour Championship ends the first week of September. And the first tournament, you know, in uh, down in uh, the desert there starts the day after, really. So if you look at it like that, there is no in-season, off-season, etc. It's whenever you're ready to commit, 
you know, get your butt moving, get going, and we'll start working towards making you feel better and play better. So I got to ask you, as a sports fan, you know, I, I was dubious, frankly, about could the PGA Tour pull this off and keep people COVID free and, you know, in your bubble. And then we see baseball has had its problems. Football's trying to, to fire back up. And uh, oh, by the way, you look cute in the scrubs. So I know you've been taking good precautions and all that. But how do you feel about uh, being out there? around traveling you've flown now all over the country since the pga tour fired back up uh you know do you feel like the pga tour is doing a good job with all of this COVID stuff yeah i mean overall i think they're doing a great job of course anything can be done better and as far as do i feel safe out here within the bubble yes because i know everyone around me has been tested and we're constantly being tested Uh, Every week, and if you're going to the next event, you're tested towards the end of the week. And then if you land in the new location the next day, you're tested all over again. So we've been able to keep the incidences quite low. And as far as, you know, do I feel at risk out here? Honestly, at times, yes. Just you factor in, hey, I have to fly from Seattle to whichever destination and you know, you're either sitting beside this person or you're cutting through an airport that's super busy and no one's really following the rule. Here in San Francisco, it's pretty strict. You know, I've got this dangling off of my ear right now, just so you can actually hear me other than covering my face with my mask, but uh, you got to be wearing it everywhere. I was in the lineup drinking coffee. The lady didn't see me drinking a coffee and she yelled at me to put my mask on. You know, and I showed her my coffee and she's like, yo, and I've got one of my female professional golfers. She was training up and down stairs the other day, and she got yelled at uh, for not wearing a mask. So they're very strict here. And as of today, uh, normally we can eat here in this big tent that is our locker room, and it also provides for uh, dining for players and staff such as myself. But we walked in today, and they said, nope, no one is allowed to eat here at the tables anymore. If you want to eat, you got to take it outside. I'm thinking one of the health officials came in and just said, nope, that's way too close. So, you know, I'm sitting here uh, next to, I'm sitting next to Rom's locker actually using his table. <laughs> and we're pretty much sharing it all week as my little office and his little, little uh, snack area. So. <laughs> well, you usually have your elbow buried deep in his glutes or his ass or whatever. So I guess it's okay if you share the table. Not today, not today. He's looking good today. So I'm looking at the schedule real quick. Um, and I mean, usually you'd be able to, you know, you and the players would sort of pace yourselves, maybe play, you know, three weeks on, one week off, all of that. Um, but now, I mean, there there is no let up between now and into the fall. There's You go to North Carolina, FedEx Championships, uh, Chicago, Tour Championship in Atlanta. All of a sudden, then it's the U.S. Open. And now we have the Masters in November. Uh, are these guys going to basically just, um, you know, suck it up and just be like, bam, 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 and keep playing? Or are you working with your guys? Are, you, are they going to have to figure out some places where they just have to take a break? Honestly, they can't. If they're not in the tour championship, which is top 30, that's the only break they're going to get because that following week is the start of the new season. And the good thing, though, is that everyone's status is holding into the new season. So no one's really fighting to keep a card or anything like that. They can reshuffle and move down the list as far as depending on the 
you know, number of players in each event, they can get pushed down and not get into something. But overall, there's really no time to take a break. A lot are trying to make up for missed tournaments uh, financially. And then also some are now going to be fighting to get better positioning and points because as of September, it's going to start counting for the new season. So almost think of this, this current season as a freebie because you can kind of do well or do bad, whichever way you want to look at it. But come September, you got to start, you know, with the feet running once they hit the ground. Hey, I want to ask you one question uh, that really fascinates me. I caddied in the Washington Open this week. And, you know, a bunch of those guys that were playing, these are our top professionals. Many of them are club pros. They're teaching um, some of them sniffed the PGA Tour or the Corn Ferry Tour, great college careers, uh, didn't quite get over that hump. And I think about guys that are on tour versus guys, say, on the Corn Ferry or, you know, the McKenzie Tour, mini tours and all of that. And I think the margin of error seems to me or the, you know, the talent level is there's so many great players out there. What is the difference between a guy who makes the PGA Tour, who stays in the top 125, with exemptions, top 50, whatever, and the guys slugging it out who just can't seem to get over that hump to the next level. Like uh, a guy you work with who um, uh, we're friends with, Lee Wang, who had a, grew up in Sammamish, great college career at Yale, standout. He's been for the last couple of years working to qualify for one of the professional tours. Hopefully one day he'll get on the PGA Tour. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's such a fine line, isn't it? What is the difference between the guys that are making the millions and the guys who just can't. Yeah, it is luck and also being at the right place at the right time. You know, with, for example, if you look at John, he had some invites initially and then he played well. Like he almost won the first tournament he got invited to. And because he did that, he made <laughs> so much money that he was pretty much secure for the season. Done just like that. So no Q school needed. But with other professionals who've been, you know, grinding at it, such as Lee Wang, you know, some of it's financially. You know, Lee's played the last month on the Dakota's tour, and he's done really well. And that's a matter of, well, you know, you got to financially make enough to be able to keep going. And when you don't, no matter how good you are, you just can't get anywhere because uh, it is a tough gig. So that's really... The money part does divide a lot of people and determine where they get and how far they get. And after that, it's just raw talent and luck. Yeah, it's crazy to me how just like one bad bounce in a, in a round. I mean, literally one shot goes the wrong way and suddenly you're making double I- instead of making a birdie and boom, that's it. And your your whole life is, is different. Yeah, and over the years we've seen whether it was the old format of Q school and the new format now, you know, someone misses it by one point or a dollar or, or one stroke and it's done and you got to wait all year. So the unfortunate thing right now is everyone out there who's trying to get to something like McKenzie tour or corn Ferry tour, because there's no Q school, you're stuck for over a year. Mm. You got to find something to play or you got to hang it up because there was nothing to play this year, right? Everything was given to all the guys who have status already. And really, your next Q school is not till next fall. Wow, that is crazy. Well, anyway, uh, I'm just, I'm grateful. I know you got to get back out on the course. I'm grateful for your continued friendship. 
the opportunity to see you in the clinic, golfletica.com. Go see Doc and Sean or the rest of them. Let me say you are the best chiropractor in the world that I know, but you also have a fabulous team, Dr. Cheryl and others there. Uh, so it is not just Doc or nobody there. Uh, and I encourage people to check it out, golfletica.com. And um, I really appreciate you taking some time. And I hope everybody listening has, has gotten a little something out of it. And I'm hoping you're going to be back in that number one slot after this weekend is over. I hope so. And that's how, that's how tight things are on the leaderboard right now is that you know, one person wins, they're going to surpass the other person. And hey, with not that many tournaments happening, or you can say a lot of the tournaments have been missed. You know, anybody who wins can take over that spot. All right, Dr. Harry Sessi, the golfing doc. And again, golfletica.com. Check them out. I, I guarantee you, if if you want to feel better, play your best and, and live a healthier life, uh, when it comes to your body, then, you know, check those guys out there. And it, you don't have to be a serious, hardcore, competitive golfer. I'll just tell you in general, best chiropractic physician that you will find out there, bar none. So that's going to do it for this edition. Remember, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, share, and, um, you know, would, would love to hear from you. So hit me up on, on social media coming up over the next couple of weeks. I've got some really fun stuff planned. One of the things I'm going to do is a, a special putting edition. We're just going to focus on putting everything from those new shafts that you're seeing out there, composite and, you know, things like that, that big advances there, but also how to actually practice and putt better. And also some other places to play, including going to head over to Gamble Sands and uh, may even have some giveaways coming up to some of these places that we get to go. So you'll want to tune in. In the meantime, I'm Josh Kearns. Thank you again so much for listening. I really appreciate all you guys. Let me tell you, I don't do this for the money. Yeah, I may get an occasional free round of golf here and there, but I really do it to just because we share the love of this game. So glad to, to keep doing that as long as you get something out of it. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Hit them straight and far. Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a wee, wee bit. And that's when my caddy lost sight of it. That little white pellet has never been found to this day. But it went straight down the middle like this.